0: All right, you guys doing good today? Well, good. Well, I am excited to uh, be up here again. Um, I've had an incredible weekend, and uh, we got back, Shelly and I, last night at 1 o'clock in the morning uh, because uh, I got to speak down at uh, a retreat at a church down in Springfield. And it was actually, it was a church that has been going through just a lot of turmoil because they had a pastor that about three years ago decided that the Word of God was no longer worth trusting. And so we started teaching that it was uh, not something you could really base your life upon. And so what do you think happened? All kinds of confusion. But anyway, we got to go there. And uh, last night we had about 25 to 30 uh, students that gave their life to Christ. And uh, it was just an exciting time. And even afterwards, uh, there was a girl that looked up at me, but she refused to uh, come forward. And so afterwards, we kind of grabbed her. And I was like, what's going on? And she just began to share. And so then Shelly and I end up. To lead her to Christ, so we didn't get out there until 10 o'clock last night. So, we've had a great weekend. So, uh, that's super exciting, exciting news that I wanted to share with you. The other thing that I wanted to tell you guys about is that for the last several months, uh, we have been working on a church app. And so, if you have an iPhone or if you have an Android, uh, it is now live on your store. And so that is really cool because if you uh, have an iPhone or an Android, and if you have a BlackBerry, eventually it will be coming to you as well. You have the ability uh, to download uh, the church app. All you got to do is go to the App Store, type in WCCC, and it'll be there. And it has everything that's in our bulletin. It has all of our events. It has uh, sermons from here every single week that are usually loaded up by Tuesday. Um, It's going to have Stephanie Little's Bible studies on it. And it's even going to, starting this week, it's going to every single week, it's going to have one of the men's Bible studies on it. So if you're like out of town and you can't make it to a men's Bible study, one of those will be on there. And then also, if you want to know what your kids are listening to uh, down at Zoe, um, the Zoe podcasts will be on there as well. And so we're super, ex- I'm super excited about it. I've been working on this for the last five months. And uh, Buzz has been helping me on the graphics. And if you download it today, if you go under the spotlight um, and you click on it, says today's uh, message is in you version. If you are a person, I still am a person that I use as the Bible, but I know a lot of you guys, when, when Pastor Phil or I says, I say, turn, to, turn in your Bible to such and such, you are the type of person that is flipping through your iPhone. All right, if that's you, if you click on that link, the whole message today is already there with all of the, the references and all of the points and you're even able to click on them and you're able to type your notes in and then you're able to then send it to yourself as an email and print out and you have the whole message on your phone. Pretty cool, right? So that is all there and I was excited to tell you guys all about that. I'm going to put this a little farther away from my mouth so it doesn't pop but that's there. If uh, you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Exodus chapter 19. And I'm not gonna spend that much time reviewing last week's message, because guess what? All you gotta do is open up your phone and you can listen to last week's message. If you're a person that doesn't have a smartphone, uh, you can, through our uh, Twitter page or through Facebook, you're able to click on a link. Uh, Don Gray loads that every Tuesday and you can listen to the messages on the internet. Or if you just would like to say, you know, I still think I'm gonna go with the CD, you can come into the church office and they have that here. And that's probably what my dad will continue to do. All right? So, but no, but hey, I want you to know, technically, that Pastor Phil was like the second or third person to have the app on his iPhone. So you can't say that he's behind. He was actually one of the first ones, and he'd already surfed through the whole thing, checked it all out, right? Right. So, maybe. So anyway, well, take your Bibles, open up to Exodus chapter 19. And if you were not here last week, I will do just a little bit of quick review. We started a series called Live to Worship. And we talked about that God has wired us to worship. And, and we will worship something. In 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 9, Paul says, Before you came to Christ, you were serving idols, and now you are to serve the risen Lord Jesus Christ. See, we will, we will worship something. And you might go, well, I've never worshiped an idol. I haven't believed in any of that kind of stuff. Well, an idol is anything that you place before the Lord. An idol can be your dreams and your ambitions. It can be your hobby. It can be your job. It can be anything that you place before the Lord. And last week we talked about Satan and how his desire is to be worshipped and to be lifted up. And that we literally are born because of sin with a satanic nature where we are opposed to the things of God. And we even talked about how God made us for worship and one of the things when i was describing satan if you remember in in ezekiel 28 is i said that when he was created he was created with coverings of precious stones and i told you that all of those stones that were listed are listed in exodus 28 when the bible describes the the breastplate that the high priest was to wear and he wore these stones that covered him, and they're on his breastplate that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. But the priest's job was to worship God and to help others worship God. And Lucifer was created with those, those stones. We also saw last week in Revelations 21 that the bride of Christ, we are the bride of Christ, we are covered with every precious stone. Because, as it says in Revelations 5, that he is making us out of every tribe and every nation And every language, and every ethnicity, I just want to cover it all, he is making a holy priesthood for himself. And that's what I want to talk about today, is God's heart, and what he says about what it means to be a priesthood. And most of us have had different experiences and understandings of what a priest is. And what I want to do today is I want to show you God's heart and his intention with a priest. Alright? So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. And before we read it, just so you know what's going on here, is that the Israelites have been in slavery for 400 years. Moses is God's messenger, or the one that God uses as the, the, the Christ-type figure to come in. Uh, you, there's the, the 10 plagues. The 10th plague, of course, is the plague of the, the firstborn where God commanded them to take the blood of a lamb to paint it over the doorposts of their house. And that night, if the lamb's blood was on their doorpost, the angel of death would come into the camp. And if the blood was there, he would pass over and they would be saved. Of course, that represents Jesus. Over 2,000 years later, Jesus was the Passover lamb. He died. And here's the picture. When you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, what takes place is you get this covering and it's as if The Lord takes the blood of Jesus, his righteousness, and he paints it over the doorposts of your house, and you are saved. That's the the covering that we see in Scripture. But the Bible says that they then go from there. They go into the, the wilderness. They come to the Red Sea. The Red Sea parts. They go through, and then God comes and is going to communicate with them his intention for them. See, remember, they really didn't know much about God. In fact, even Moses, when he was at the burning bush, he says, Well, who, who should I tell them your name is? who should I? Because all they knew is this was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So what, what is his heart? What is his desire for his people? And so they come to Mount Sinai, and this is the very first thing that God communicates to his people in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. It says, Now therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. What he's saying is, listen, my desire is that the whole lot of you would be a holy priesthood, a kingdom of priests, not a select few, not just some men, but all of you. The men, the women, the children, that you'd be a holy nation, that you'd be set apart, that you'd be my treasured possession. All the earth is mine, but you will be my treasured possession. That's, that's my heart for you. That's the plan. And is that what took place? No if you've read the old testament you know only one tribe ends up being the priests and who what tribe was that the levites do you know why what changed well while moses was up on mount sinai what did the people do they made for themselves a a golden calf and as aaron said it he kind of threw they threw the gold into the fire and poof voila this golden calf came out whoa wow that happened it's a miracle And God, if you know the story, gets so angry that he says, I'm going to wipe them out. And Moses pleads with the Lord, and it's a story that we can't quite understand. But Moses comes back down off the mountain. God relents, but this is what I believe is one of the saddest stories in the history of Israel. It's in Exodus 32. If you want to take your Bible, flip over. If you got your phone, scroll up. Exodus chapter 32, look in verse uh, 26. Exodus 32, verse 26. It says, Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp, and he said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered around him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro from the gate to gate throughout the camp, and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day about 3,000 men of the people fell, and Moses said, Today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord, each one of you at the cost of his son and of his brother, so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. So here's what's happening. Moses comes down off the mountain. They're all worshiping this golden calf. And he yells out, Who's on the Lord's side? And after all that God had done, all of his wonders, of all the miracles they've just seen, they've just had him save them from the hand of the Egyptians. They've just seen the Egyptians drowned in the Red Sea. They've just come through the Red Sea. And here they are. And he says, Who's on the Lord's side? And they all go. And they continue to do what they're doing and only the Levites run for the Lord's side. And so Moses says, strap on your swords and kill your brothers and your sons and your neighbors. And it's, it's, the, it's the part of the story that wasn't in the movie The Prince of Egypt. And the Bible says that they go out, and, and we know how they would count, they would count them men. I don't know how many people actually died, whether there was women too. But I don't know if these are the ringleaders, because we know there's more of that in Israel. But 3,000 men perished that day. And it was on this day that the Levites were ordained to be the priests, to the, be the guardians of the presence of the Lord. And so even you can uh, write down this passage. We're not going to look at it right now, but write down Numbers chapter 1, verses 47 to 53. It tells the, the, the commandment for what the Levites were to do and be but that wasn't God's heart. God's heart wasn't to be a select few. God's heart was that it was going to be everybody, but the Levites were the one that ran to the Lord's side, and so through the whole testament, they are the ones that ministered to the Lord. They are the ones that carried out the, the sacrifices. They are the ones that when God ordained where the tabernacle would be, and he had the three tribes to the north, the three tribes to the east, the three, three tribes of the west, the three tribes of the south. The way it worked is, if you see it, is the Levites camped around the temple or the tabernacle of meeting because they are the ones to protect and to guard and to administer the things of the tabernacle. In fact, even as they lotted out what the inheritance of different people would get, the Lord said, okay, um, the Levites don't get that because their inheritance is the Lord's. And what's better than to have the Lord be your inheritance? It was this blessing that was bestowed upon them because they ran to the Lord's side. But that's not God's heart. God's heart is not that it be a select few. God's heart it would be that we would be a holy nation. How do I know that? Because Jesus came. Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave that we might be saved and have life with him. And what is his desire? Well, the Bible says in First Peter, if you want to look at First Peter chapter 2 Peter of course was what he was a disciple even in history some people would say well he was a special disciple because Jesus said upon you Peter I will build my church some traditions even have him as the first pope even though he died 300 years before that came about but here And and by the way, if you want to know where that was fulfilled, is when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2. And there was only 120 believers at the time. The Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know who the person was that stood up, that presented the gospel, and uh, 4,000 men were saved, and the church was born? It was Peter. That was the fulfillment of that prophecy, is Acts chapter 2. But here's what Peter says that we are to be. Acts chapter, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2, Verses 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves are like living stones that are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, Peter is saying this is the intention. You are called out, and you are being built up to be this spiritual house. You're to be this temple, that you are to be living stones. You're all these rocks that are part of building up this spiritual house that God has dying. He was the living stone that man rejected, but now we're to be stones that are being built up to be a spiritual house, and that we would be the priesthood. We would be the ones. And if you read the book of Acts, guess what? That's what happened. You know what it says in Acts chapter 2? It says that they were all meeting together. They were all devoted to the word of God. They were all devoted to each other, and guess what? Numbers were being added to them every day. And if you stay church history, the church grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. No matter what anybody tried to do, they couldn't stop them. The Roman Empire was persecuting them. They were taking the Christians, and they were throwing them into the Colosseums. They were being eaten by the wild beasts. They were being killed by gladiators. The emperors were taking them, and dipping them in tar and putting them up on posts and lighting them on fire and they were the lights for the garden parties and no matter what happened because they were a priesthood a people they continued to grow and grow and grow and history tells us that even though Rome was defragmentizing and as historians Roman historians have said if you can read articles that the Christians were like a parasite like a disease they couldn't stop there was a point where there was a an emperor by the name of Constantine in 313, everything or legend is that he saw a soldier with a cross on his shield and he said, if that, uh, the god of that symbol will give me victory, I will make everybody believe in that god. He won the battle. His mom was a Christian, supposedly. And so Constantine legalized for the very first time in 313 AD the Christian faith. 380 AD is when Constantine made Christianity the the one Roman universal church universal meaning Catholic and so then of course history goes that he selected just like in the Old Testament someone to be the selected priest to be the person that would be in charge and we went from being a priesthood to being that there's only a select few that can minister to God And it goes through that person. But that wasn't the intention. And by the way, not hanging on Catholicism, every denomination has followed that, that suit. And guess what? Even many of you here at this church, you believe that the function of worshiping God and helping others worship God is for the pastor. Or for someone like me. Well, Philip, you were kind of born into that. that's not how it works look look a little further down in First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 Peter continues but you are a chosen race you are a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light once you were not a people but now you are God's people once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy what he's saying is listen See, all of us here, this, he's speaking to those in Rome. There were all kinds of people groups. They'd all been conquered by Rome. There's, you know, ger- people from Germania there. There's uh, people from Italy there. Well, Rome is Italy. But there's every single people group. And he's saying, all of you, you used to not be a people. Because he's talking to believers. But he says, all of you, you were once in darkness. And you were called out of darkness into marvelous light. And now... I have made for me a people. I have made you are now a people. You once were not a people. You've all received the same mercy, and so now you are all mine, and you are my treasured possession. You are my chosen priesthood, and you are going to be a priesthood to everyone. That's God's plan. And if you don't think God's given, if you think God's given up on that plan, go to Revelation. Revelation chapter one starts out. Revelation one, two, and three are the letters written to the church. And you know what God is saying to the church? He says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, he says this. He says, And he made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He's saying this is what God made. He made for himself a kingdom of priests. All right. Revelation chapter 4 then takes you to now you're in the throne room of heaven. You have the seraphs circling the throne of God, singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You have the 24 elders, who many believe is the church, standing up out of their thrones, taking their crowns, laying them down at the feet of the Father, and singing, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain, who is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. And then you switch to Revelation chapter 5, where the scrolls are going to be opened. And it says, Who is worthy to open the scrolls? It is the, the lamb. He is the only one. And this is what it says. His intention is what he did when he came to the earth. In Revelations chapter 5, verse nine and ten, it says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Listen to me. God's desire... And what will be is that all of us will be a kingdom of priests. Here's what you got. You got to understand your identity. You are a priest. Bob, you're not a plumber. You are a priest. And God uses your occupation to do what he has created you to do. Brad, you are not a car dealer. You are a priest. That God has made you to use that occupation to be what he's called you to be and i could go through every single person and you got to hear this because you think well the priest is someone that's been ordained and set apart selected and that's only like one or two people no when you were saved you were reborn you were drafted you were made a priest that's the plan i'm, I'm telling you last week i told you why the meaning of life you were made to worship now i'm telling you the plan of how that works it is to be a priest Okay, I want you to write this simple definition down. Okay, this is what a priest is. A priest is someone who worships God and helps other people worship God. A priest is a person who worships God and helps other people worship God. Another way that I grew up hearing it was that the word priest means bridge. That's why Jesus is our high priest. He is the bridge by which God can have relationship or, with man. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me because he is the bridge. He is the priest. But guess what? We become a holy priesthood, a nation. And our job is to be a bridge between God and man That in the way I live my life. I, I am almost a bridge that people can come to Christ. All right, so what I want to do is now that you know that you're a priest— Okay, so let me ask this question. Who are you? I am a priest. You got, let me say it one more time. Who are you? I am a priest. All right. Okay, what does a priest do? And I gave you a simple definition, but I'm going to give you the four roles of a priest. Number one is they set up meeting places. Number one is they set up meeting places. Go ahead and click it one more time. There we go. All right. Numbers chapter 1. Verse 53 says, The Levites, however, are to set up their tents around the tabernacle of the covenant law so that my wrath will not fall on the Israelite community. See, their job was to guard it, to protect it. The Levites are to be responsible for the care of the tabernacle of the covenant law. When they were traveling through the promised land and as they were conquering, okay, the tabernacle was actually a tent. It was something that they would uh, tear down and they would set up. It was the Levites' jobs to set up the meeting place. Their job was to to take care of all the provisions. Their function was to put the place where God was going to meet with his people. All right, guess what? If we're priests, our role is to set up meeting places. Meeting places for people to be able to meet God. So whether that's at your work, or if you're at Walmart, or Breadco, or wherever you're at, if you're working out, you know what your function is? See, this is a different way of saying, if you're my follower, you'll be fishers of men, is that where I go, I set up meeting places. I have with me as, okay, let me put it this way. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it says, do you not know? You're not your own. You're, you've been bought with a price. You're to honor God with your body. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You now are the tabernacle. God dwells in you. We saw in First Peter that we are the spiritual house. Our job is to set up meeting places for people to meet with God. We're the bridge everywhere we go. That's not a select view. We're the holy priesthood. We're the, we're the nation. We set up meeting places for men and for women and for children. All right? Number two, the second role of a priest is to carry the presence Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8 through 9, gives us three of the things that a priest does. Or, and it says here in Deuteronomy eight or 10, verse 8, it says, At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, and to bless in his name to this day. Therefore, Levi has no portion or inheritance with his brothers. The Lord is their inheritance, as the Lord your God said to them saying that their inheritance is the Lord's as ours is in Christ. Hey, all this is fleeting. Our inheritance is the Lord. But the first thing here that the Bible says was the function of the priest was to carry the presence of the Lord, to carry the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant literally represented the very presence of the Lord. And so guess what? They would take that thing, and, and they'd have poles, and they'd put it on them, and they'd carry it, and they'd even carry it into battle. And when they went into the battle, they knew they had the victory because what was with them? The presence of the of the Lord and only the Levites have the ability to carry the presence of the Lord. Guess what? One of the greatest privileges that we have when we come to Christ is that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1:13. It's a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance, and you literally carry the presence of the Lord. Now, guess what? Uh, 2 Corinthians 5:20 says that we are ambassadors, right? do you realize how an ambassador works is they don't just represent something? Do you realize that if you're the ambassador of the United States and you go to Germany, wherever you stand, stands the United States. It's not that you just represent them, you represent the very presence of the United States of America. So if I'm the ambassador for the United States to, to Morocco, when I'm in Morocco, where I stand this is the territory of the United States of America. And if anybody does anything to me as the ambassador, guess who they've just attacked? The United States of America. You've got to understand that because when, when the Bible saying is saying you are the ambassador, where you stand is the very presence of God, it's the kingdom of God. So there stands his presence, his power. His authority. That's why I want to make sure that I am surrendered to Him on a daily basis so that I can experience His power, His authority over the evil one, His presence. You know, if you look in Scripture, the disciples understood that. That's why they would go up to people and people would be healed. That's why you would see them and the th- very things that Jesus did, they did. Jesus even said, you'll do greater things than I. And I can't wait for this to happen because it's going to be to your advantage because when I leave, the Holy Spirit's going to come. We don't understand the gift we have in the Holy Spirit. But our function is to carry the presence of the Lord. Let me, let me give it to you a little different. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphant procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of, Of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. I just have a question. If you are saved, does that mean you actually have a smell? No. Do you want to know what the fragrance is? It's the Holy Spirit exuding through you. And guess what? Because the Holy Spirit convicts the world of judgment and righteousness and sin, to some people, it's going to be a sweet smell it's going to be a smell of life. And to some people, it might be a stench because it's a smell of death. But that's what it's saying. It says, to one, a fragrance from death to death, the other, from fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. We carry the presence of the Lord everywhere we go. And so as Jim Elliot said, one of my favorite uh, quotes that he ever said was, Lord, make me be a man of crisis. May it be that when people come upon me, that I'm not just a single marker on a road, but I am a fork in the road. That when people come upon me, they have to choose whether Christ in me or to go the other way. Because I am a meeting place. And I have the presence of the Lord, and so people don't just come upon me and just keep going life on as it usually is. I'm a priest. My job is to worship God with my life, to glorify him, whether I eat or drink, whatever I do, all to the glory of God. But my other job is to help people worship God. That's what I need to be about. That is my function. That's my identity. So one is to set up meeting places. Two is to carry the presence of the Lord. Number three. Look in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10 again. It says, not only is the Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant, but to stand before the Lord to minister to him. Number three is to minister to God. I'll have to use tape next time. This right here is the part that the Lord has spoken to me the most about. See, my whole life I've grown up in a situation where I understand what it means to minister to people, to serve people. My entire life I've seen my parents minister to people, to lead Bible studies, to counsel, to minister, to give. And it's always been because it's a person that is in need. So I understand this ministering. We understand the word minister like if a doctor ministers medicine to someone. It's, you have this concept of someone being in need and so to me, this is like a weird idea to minister to God because God doesn't need anything, right? But even in Revelations 5, we write before it says that he's making for himself a kingdom of, of priests that will be priests to our God, that will minister to God. I, I want you to think about this. There is a Hebrew word for worship. It's actually the second most used word for worship, and it's latrio. And it means to worship or to minister to God. Do you know that there isn't a single Hebrew word that has anything to do with worship that has anything to mean minister to people? You know why that's such a big deal to me? Because my entire life, I have come to church and I've thought it was about being ministered to. So when I hear the worship music, I evaluate the worship based on how that song ministered to me. Was it my style? Did I like it? Did it make me feel good? Did it build me up? I evaluate the sermon on that really blessed me. Everything is about me. That's not what it's about. What would happen if the body of Christ came to church and we were like, I am here to minister to God. That when I'm singing, I'm singing and I'm, I'm ministering to you, Lord. I love you. You're the one that called me out of darkness into marvelous light, and I am here to minister to you. You don't need anything, but you've made me a priest, and I'm ministering to you. Oh, they need help in preschool or children's ministry? That's great. I'm a minister. I minister to the Lord. That's why I'm here. Oh, you need greeters? Oh, you need people to run, like, Sound or you need this or that, you need someone to clean up, that's great. I'm a minister. I'm a minister to God. That's my function, by the way. I'm a priest, is to be a minister to the Lord. Listen, if you think it's about what you get out of it, what you're saying is it's about me. No, it's about God. And you want to know what we're gonna be doing in heaven? We're gonna be ministering to God. That's what we're gonna be doing. That's the plan. And why not? He saved us out of darkness, out of doom, out of eternity being separated from him in hell, and we're going to be worshiping. See, worship isn't music. It's how we offer our lives as living sacrifices. We are so warped in this area. I've been so warped in this area that I've thought it's all about me. Can you imagine what it would look like if we became a church? See, the the vision statement doesn't say the pastor and a few other people are going to be surrendered to be a dynamic community of faith. It says, we... We are surrendered to be a dynamic community of faith. And it goes on to say by living and modeling and communicating that we influence people because we're all ministers. That'll be the day that this church changes when we all, it switches when we repent, when we change our mind about what this is all about. The reason why people get upset is it's still about them. And this has been my whole life. I've gauged it by what I've gotten out of it and even in my worship and singing what's changing for me is that the whole time I'm sitting there going Lord I am blessing you I'm here to minister to you because that's my function is to minister to God that's what the Bible's. that's what it's about is there anybody that wants to amen that I think so tell you what that's why the psalmist says in Psalms 84 better is one day to be in the courts of the Lord than to be in a thousand places elsewhere because I'm here to minister and bless the Lord number four the last part they're to carry the presence of the Lord they're also to minister to God but they're also to bless the people can you throw Deuteronomy 10 back up there see it says not only to carry the ark of the covenant not only to stand before the Lord to minister to him but also to bless in his name I'm to be a blessing to people It doesn't mean that I'm just a person that encourages people, and that's very important. I'm going to show you here in a second how important it is to be a person that encourages people and builds people up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And the very first way that you grieve the Holy Spirit is by speaking unkind words. Because Jesus said, the way that people are going to know that you're my disciples is by the way you love one another. And that's why the enemy wants to come in so badly and try to disunite. And cause discord. And that's why Paul says, above all everything else, do whatever you can to keep the peace. Because the very first way that this whole thing is going to go down is if we can get everybody to start fighting amongst each other. But a priest's function is to be a person that speaks life into people, to bless them. See, the idea of a blessing in the Old Testament was not just giving someone something that was temporal, which that's great, but it was this idea of speaking something that was catalytical. A catalyst that would that would cause change. You you know, like people would actually name their children certain things because they believed that what they gave them that name is it meant something that was speaking a blessing of what they're gonna be about. See, when we named champ, champ, it wasn't because we wanted him to be the best in sports. Okay, the word champ or champion means a defender of a cause, a champion of the cause. And you know what I pray over him? is that he will be a defender for the cause of Christ. That's why he's a champ. He's going to champion the cause of Christ. And so when I pray for my children, we don't just pray that God will keep them safe. We pray blessing that they will raise up to be godly young men and women. That They will be prophets and that they will be priests and they will be preachers and that they will have a heart for people and have a desire to serve. That's your role as the priest of your family is to speak life into your family. See, yes, the the husband is supposed to be the spiritual head of the house. But listen, all of us are to be priests. It doesn't say this is only for the the dad. No, it's for the mom and it's for the children. We are to speak blessing to each other. We are to build each other up. We are to be fighting for each other. But a priest is one that blesses people. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, see that's what he's doing, he's serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. What have you been called by God to be? An ambassador, a priest. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other is false because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, bind yourselves together with peace. Don't use foul or this I'm going to verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. This is the New Living Translation. I wanted to read it a little different to you. Your your translation might say, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit." Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. You're his treasured possession guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven you. The Bible says that because he is holy, that we are to be holy. Why? Because we are a holy priesthood. Get rid of all evil behavior. Forgive, be kind, be patient, speak kind kind words. Everywhere you go, you're to be a priest. That's the plan. That's how it's going to be. You and I were created for worship. Travis, can you come on up here? We're going to close by singing an old song. Uh, Old for me because it was something I sang when I was in high school. God called us out of marvelous light. He's called us out of darkness to walk in marvelous light. That we would be set apart, to be holy. That everywhere we go, we would be people that set up meeting places. That we get to carry the presence of the Lord that we have the privilege to minister to the Lord and everything that we do to bless people. Would you bow your heads? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? I mean, other than you know that you're called to be a priest, to be set apart, Is it that I need to be a meeting place? I need to realize everywhere I go, I'm to be on mission. I mean, isn't that what the whole Great Commission is about? Go into all the world and make meeting places, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you that everywhere you go lo I am with you always you're going to carry my presence and then the way you speak you would bless people but maybe it's that you just need to repent and saying, Lord, it's been about me. It's been about me my whole life. I've surrendered my life to you, but I have had a wrong understanding of what church is all about. I am part of the body of Christ. That there is to be a spiritual house being built up to minister to you, Lord. So I come to you and I just, from now on, I'm a minister to you. I'm here to serve. I'm no longer going to be a taker. I'm going to be a giver. I want to serve you the rest of my days. And you might even be a person here to say, you know, I, I still, truthfully, I'm still in darkness. And I need Jesus Christ to save me and to call me out of that into light. And you do that by just saying, Jesus, take the throne of my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I've been doing it my way. I've been opposed to you. And I repent. And I trust Jesus' death on the cross as the payment for my sin. And I surrender my life to you. And I receive your Holy Spirit. And if you just did that by the authority of God's word you're saved and now you're a priest and if you just did that please come talk to me or talk to one of the elders or to Pastor Phil so that we can tell you okay where do you go from here because this is what it's all about we're to be priests so way anyway, we're going to close we're going to stand up and we're going to sing this song to the Lord and it's about blessing him ministering to him.
1: Purify my heart. Purify my heart, cleanse me from within, and make me only. Purify my heart, cleanse me from my sin, oh, deep within spire though my heart's war and these are blessed to be only oh,
2: holy privilege God's given us. You know, when I hear this song, if I was in another church, you know what God puts in my heart? I want to go forward. I want to go forward because I'm a priest. You know, I wish every church could only have one row. What row would that be? The front row. But we have to have back rows, middle rows. Well, see, when you're a priest, you're never on the back row. So I want to give you a quick, you're going to have to come quick because we're going to get over quick. But I want you to have this privilege. See, I get to come to the front row every Sunday. I get to come to the front row every Sunday. I get to get up here every Sunday. Some of you never know what it's like. So I'm going to give you an opportunity. Let's start singing again, Travis. And you're the priest. So who's on the Lord's side? Priest, come on up here. I want you to get up on the front row. Yeah, just come as front as you can. There's no back row in this church. Yeah, you can just come right up on the stage. Get rid of that thing there. Get that out of the way. Right. Come up on the stage,
1: priest. Who's on the Lord's side? Refiner's five. oh my heart's warm desire. To be holy, <laughs> I choose to be holy. I choose to be holy. Get on up there, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your. That's the best this church has ever looked,
2: right there, baby. See, that's right. That's the New Testament church. Remember what happened? The apostles (laughs) equipped the people. Persecution came, Acts 8. And what happened? The church was scattered as the priests, and they went out and turned the world upside down. And only the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, what, praying and studying the Word to equip the people. And so this is West County Community Church. You're up there. I'm equipping you. You're up there. Yes, as a priest, I'm up there with you. But we're changing this around today. We are surrendered. You look at the front of your bulletin, and who are the ministers listed first? You. You got it? You got it? Okay, next Sunday when you come in, you're all up there, and Philip and I will be back here. And then we'll join you. Don't leave. I'll be back tomorrow, but I just want you to stay here so you don't forget this, all right? You're just going to camp out the rest of the day. You're the priesthood. Amen? You're the priesthood. You go home. You're the priesthood. Daddies, you set up meeting places, remember? That's at home. That's Bible study. That's prayer time. Single parents, you set up meeting places. Wherever you go, when you go to lunch today, if you're going out, you're setting up a meeting place, right, as you share Jesus. You got it? This is an incredible word. I don't want it to go over us. You got it? Only if you got it can you go home. Do you have it? All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Just join hands with everyone. Just join hands. I'm back on the stage with you, sweeties, because I'm a part of that holy priesthood. We are the body of Christ. Father, we just praise You for opening the eyes of our hearts today. We are the holy priesthood. Oh, Father, thank You for delivering us from a life of mediocrity just mediocrity where we think we're just a christian or we're just a back row person or where we look and see whatever everyone else is doing instead of looking at you and saying god here i am send me so we go today as the holy priesthood and we praise you to your honor your glory your kingdom come In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All of you that are serving, that are going today to the children's luncheon, that's right down in the new fellowship area. And uh, go down first and get your children downstairs. God bless you. Read all the rest of the announcements.